Be sure to tune into Immigration with Tamina Watson this and every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Immigration attorney Tamina Watson founded Watson Immigration Law here in Seattle and is a frequent speaker, author, and blogger who has appeared in Forbes, CNN, The Seattle Times, and much, much more. On her new radio show, Tamina will take all your questions live on air. Plus, she will discuss and provide insight into the latest immigration news and issues, as well as talk with notable personalities who have impacted U.S. immigration laws or are notable immigrants themselves. Check out her new show, Tuesdays at 10 a.m., Immigration with Tamina Watson on Daisy 1250 a.m., radio that listens to you. Good morning, Seattle. This is Tamina Watson on Desi 1250 AM. Thank you so much for joining us on this lovely Tuesday morning. It's apparently 61 degrees outside and it will be 77 degrees later on today. So I hope you get some sun because it's probably our last week of wonderful weather in beautiful Seattle. So for the next half an hour, we'll be talking about immigration issues only, and I have a couple of delightful guests waiting to speak with you, and I cannot wait to chat with them. But this show, as a reminder, is all about immigration, news updates, stories, um, talking to people who also uh, are notable, making a notable impact on immigration laws or people who are making a notable impact in, 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 in the world and uh, the U.S., so uh, a couple of news updates, um, well, news up reminders rather. Last week, remember, we spoke about the entrepreneurial parole with um, the White House Dir- Assistant Director of Entrepreneurship, Doug Rand, and we spoke in, in detail about the, the rules that are for international entrepreneurs. And the reminder is that if you have any interest in these rules, whether you are an investor, whether you are a startup founder yourself, whether you have any stake uh, at all in the ecosystem of the startup world, then the comment deadline is October 17th, 2016. So please mark your calendars and make sure that you actually uh, do send your comments in because to make the rules perfect, um, expertise from around the ecosystem is necessary and this is our chance to make sure that the rules are indeed implementable and and uh, they're workable. And um, I want to bring your attention to the Seattle Times uh, editorial board article from last night. Um, Yours truly had a a mention about it, but the editorial essentially talks about why the international entrepreneur rules are absolutely necessary and why they will be good for America. And if you get a chance to see it and see my name, please say hello and maybe repost it on social media. It's a really good article demonstrating why this new rule is absolutely essential. If you have just tuned in, you're listening to Tamina Watson on Desi 1250 AM, and this show is all about immigration. Um, so our first guest, uh, her name is Sarah Sumadi from One America. She is the program manager of Washington New Americans, and she's here to talk about a new event. Sarah, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hi, Sarah. Welcome. Thanks so much for joining us. You know, I wanted to... Um, I wanted you to tell us about the event coming up this Saturday. What's going on? Sure. So we have our biannual citizenship day coming up this Saturday, September 17th. It's going to be at Renton Technical College, uh, south of Seattle in Renton. And this is an event that we do every year. It's totally free. And we bring together immigration attorneys, paralegals, and interpreters who get together to help uh, legal permanent residents fill out their citizenship applications. And what time does this start? 
Well, it starts at 10 a.m., um, but it is free and it's first come, first serve. So I recommend that people get there a little early just to get in line because um, we do see people first come, first serve. We can see about 75 people total that day based on the number of volunteers that we have. Wonderful. And um, anybody who's going to turn up to this event, um, do they do they need to have done any research themselves? What do they take with them? That's a great question. Yeah. So legal permanent residents or people who have had their green cards for at least five years or if they're currently married to a U.S. citizen, they can apply after three years. Um, there's several documents that they should bring to the event. It's a lot easier to help people fill out their applications when they come prepared with all the things that they need. Should I go ahead and list them out right now? Very quickly, if you don't mind, that'd be great. Sure. Everyone should bring their green card, very important. And then they should bring a few lists of key information with them. It'll make the process go a lot faster. So one is a list of the addresses where they've lived during the last five years, a list of their employers and addresses where they've worked for the past five years, if someone's taken any trips outside the country in the last five years, they should bring a list of those trips. Um, folks should bring their most recent tax return from last year. Um, if someone has ever had any problems with the police, been arrested, been to court, um, they should bring all certified court and police records about those incidents so that our attorneys can analyze them properly. And finally, if they are applying based on marriage to a U.S. citizen, they should bring a copy of their marriage certificate. Wonderful. That's a great list to have. If they wanted to go to a website to find out more, where would they go? Absolutely. Our website, www.wanewamericans.org. So that's W-A-N-E-W-A-M-E-R-I-C-A-N-S.org. has the full list of documents that I just read aloud. They are also welcome to um, call us on our hotline, which is totally free. It's 1-877-926-3924. And we can read them the list of documents again, or we can text them a list. Wonderful. Again, our number is 877-926-3924. Wonderful. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us. I hope our listeners will take note and join you at Renton Technical College on Saturday the 17th at 10 a.m. and get there early so that they can actually be seen. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us. I'll hope to speak to you soon. Bye. Yeah. You're very welcome. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Well, if you've just tuned in, this is Tamina Watson on Desi 1250 a.m. Today's guest, uh, our next guest, is a very notable person making a huge impact on immigration law and immigrant lives. And I cannot wait for you to speak with her and listen to all that she is doing. She is the one and only Sarah O'Brien. Sarah is a reporter at CNN Money covering startups, entrepreneurs, tech, and innovation. She is, she is a graduate of Columbia University's Graduate School of Journalism, class of 2014. Sarah was a regular con contributor to the New York Post Sunday business section and has freelanced for various publications, including the New York Times, The Atlantic, and The Date Report. Previously, she worked on the business side of magazines in digital and integrated marketing at Times Inc. and Us Weekly. Her primary interests include entrepreneurs, innovative startups, and the collision of tech and culture, but she can't resist the occasional story on relationship dynamics in the digital age. Sarah, are you there? 
I'm here. Thank you so much for having me. Wow. Thank you so much for joining us. I know you're so busy. This is an incredible honor for myself as well as Desi 1250 AM. So thank you. We have so much to talk about. So I'm just going to dive into it. Okay. So you have been an incredible voice for immigration and entrepreneurship. And, you know, you had started following this issue when not a lot of people thought it was important. How did you get into startup immigration journalism? Sure. So I started at CNN Money in 2014. Um, Just before that, I was at Columbia Journalism School, as you mentioned, and I had been interviewing, I was doing a project and interviewing foreign entrepreneurs that were new to New York and starting businesses here in New York. So I was talking to founders of, you know, from Israel, from Mexico, you name it. Uh, And in those conversations, I started to really learn how difficult it can be to set up a business in the United States uh, if you're not a citizen. Um, I started to learn about, about the fact that there was no startup visa. So when I came to CNN Money, I was technically hired as a small business reporter. Uh, I started looking into this because, you know, startups are technically small businesses, and I was most fascinated with the fact that there was no startup visa and what were the alternatives that some of these foreign entrepreneurs were, were doing to set up companies here in the U.S. So one of my first stories that I did was about entrepreneurs who had moved to Canada recently because they could not, in fact, get the proper visa to set up business in the U.S. And I believe I connected with you at that point, actually, and and since then have kind of delved into different issues, you know, not just, you know, entrepreneurs that are forced to leave, but the ones that stay and maybe can't hire on a a really talented engineer because that engineer is um, not able to get a visa. So there's there's lots of different elements that I started finding out were part of this whole issue of immigrant entrepreneurship. Well, you really have been an incredible voice. So thank you so much for all that you have been doing to make sure the public know uh, what the real story is. So why is it reporting on such issues so important for the public? Sure. So I think it's so important because if you're spotlighting the issue, you start to drive awareness. And with that awareness, there's hopefully change. So right now, uh, you know, there is no startup visa, but something we're going to talk about a little bit later is this uh, entrepreneur parole. So there are there are alternatives that, you know, in ways in which change can happen. Um, but it's a matter of really elevating the voices of these people who are being so impacted by the fact that there might not be a startup visa, by the fact that there might not be a lot of awareness to how difficult it can be to to do business and, and create innovation and keep it here in the U.S. Well, you said about elevating voices. Do people actually contact you with their personal facts? Yes. So that's one of the, the probably the most powerful things uh, that I've learned in covering this as a beat uh, is that a lot of times I'll write a story and I get somebody reaching out to me and saying, thank you so much for for covering this issue. And then they'll go on paragraph after paragraph describing their own experiences. Uh, and a lot of times, you know, I read every single one of those emails and a lot of times I reach back out to the person in a couple months or in a, in a month or whenever I'm next working on something that might be relevant to, to hearing more and potentially including that in a future piece. So that's one of the ways in which I know that, you know, there are people reading and not only are they reading, they can relate to it. And so that I know that I'm kind of on the right track as far as continuing to cover this. Well, I I think that's amazing. I mean, I I see the same people, but obviously from a different angle. Uh, So from all the things Mm -hmm. that you've covered, do you see trends at any time? What, what, What kind of things do you come up? If there is a trend at all. Sure, I think the I think, I mean, I think the trend is that 
a lot of these the people that are going through these visa issues and, and kind of being uh, maybe on a wait list for years and years until their green card comes through, they just feel that, that nobody knows kind of how difficult it is. They don't feel like they have an outlet for sharing their frustrations about it because they're probably, you know, they're thankful that their employer is, is trying to sponsor them, but they're, they're, they're just kind of in this hole of waiting and waiting and waiting, and they don't feel that anyone necessarily knows or or is talking about it. So I think the the power of sharing their stories and the desire to talk about it, I found, is really interesting. I mean, it is something that is so important, but you're right. I mean, there are there are very few people that are talking about it, and I think um, just that, that desire to share and have people care is, is a thread that I've noticed kind of continuing on in every story that I've done. Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned um, the years and years of waiting. And very recently, you mm-hmm. wrote a story about the recent visa retrogression that happened, which is essentially, you know, people's waiting time increased. And, uh, you know, at this station, our listeners are predominantly from India, uh, South Asia, uh, and the Indi- Indian citizens have to wait the longest. Um, so our listeners have mm-hmm. a keen interest on, on this particular topic. What were your thoughts uh, on that particular particular issue? Yeah, so again, the kind of character driven, you know, anytime I can relate it to an individual, to me, it just makes it so much more powerful. So I wrote about the EB1 uh, visa retrogression. Uh, I spoke to a 37-year-old man from India. He had been in the U.S. since 1997, but was not yet a citizen. And he had been on the H-1B, and then he applied for the EB-2. And the you know he was on the EB-2 visa, or applying, waiting for that visa to come through for, for years. I mean, I think it was five or six years. And he finally hit a point, you know, there's, there's only so many, there's such a backlog for Chinese and Indian nationals. So he realized that, okay, the EB-1 is this visa that if I can improve, prove that I have an extraordinary ability then that's a very quick path. It take, could take about a year to actually get his green card. So he, at that point, had you know amassed enough kind of expertise and uh, credentials um, in his in the tech world, and was able to apply and able to get get that visa. Um, and that was a very quick pathway. Now, when I found out the one that pathway being frozen temporarily for Chinese and Indian nationals. I spoke to him and kind of to understand what exactly that means. And, you know, here is kind of the one, the one path that was kind of very hopeful for Chinese and Indian immigrants to have that potentially be blocked. And, and, you know, that is very scary. It's a very scary prospect. And I think a lot of people weren't talking about it. Um, And so, you know that that EB one path will open back up in October, but but it's possible that again it could be frozen if they, the demand continues to exceed the supply. Mm-hmm. You know that's a, a very uh, a, a very important and serious subject matter because you know uh, waiting, as you mentioned before, people are waiting years and years, and n- not everyone can actually fit this particular category. But if you do, you know mm-hmm. it really is almost a holy grail, if you like, and that was taken away from a lot of people. Um, it's obviously come mm-hmm. back this month because it goes with the fiscal year. But uh, it, thank you for mm-hmm. reporting on that story, and I know you did a lot of 
research and talked to a lot of people about it. Um, so I, I hope people thought it was useful and I hope uh, this discussion is also very useful for them. But listeners, if you have any concerns and you want to air your stories, you know, make sure you contact Sarah. She honestly is a, mm-hmm. a fantastic listener, but she also understands these issues that are so complicated. So I want to move on to talk about the new rules that have come on, um, come about, uh, because you've been following the entrepreneur rules just as closely as I have. Why is this new rule important mm-hmm. for the U.S. from your perspective? Yeah, so for me, I mean, it, it seems like a very creative fix for the fact that there is no startup visa here in the U.S. But essentially, for those who are not familiar, it would enable the Department of Homeland Security to extend a type of parole status to entrepreneurs. Uh, to allow them to stay in the U.S. and kind of build and work their companies. Um, and the parole status has typically been reserved for those, you know, needing medical relief and that sort of thing. So here, the you know, they don't need congressional approval. The DHS would be able to go ahead and and allow entrepreneurs to stay in the U.S. So to me, it, you know, we don't know, we don't know a ton more about how kind of the, how fast that will be, how fast entrepreneurs will be approved, kind of what they will need to um how many people will get it, that sort of thing. But it's it's a, it's an alternative, right, to the fact that there there is no startup visa, and it, it provides some sort of hope and 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 a new pathway that will help keep these innovators in in the U.S. and and able to build and work on their companies without having to worry about obtaining the proper visas at that particular time. Yeah, well, well said. I think that's that's exactly it. It's a creative fix for sure. But, uh, you know, ultimately, Congress really has to act. But, you know, in the meantime, sure. this this definitely will fill a void, hopefully. But, you know, the proof is in the pudding. We'll see how it eventually works out. But it's I'm very hopeful. Right. It definitely doesn't replace but. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know, talking about the U.S. economy and from what you've seen from your reporting and your experience, do you think immigration and entrepreneurship go hand in hand? I mean, absolutely. I think I think it's a, uh, there's there's no question about it. In my mind, they do. I mean, the, the I, I cover tech startups in general. There's, you know, a, a over 140 companies that are valued at one billion or more, and half of those entrepreneurs are co-founded by immigrant entrepreneurs, according to the National Foundation for American Policy. So, um, there's no question that that a lot of the innovation and a lot of the companies that are receiving a lot of funding from Silicon Valley and from investors um, that are creating cool and unique products are founded or co-founded by immigrants. And to to keep those ideas, to keep those companies that are so important. Um, for innovation in in the country is is also very important. So, uh, you know, that's I think that's spot on, actually. And some of the statistics you've given are really useful for listeners to visualize. Um, You know, you said you work with the tech industry a lot. Can you name some companies that you think uh, are examples of uh, of this particular issue? Yeah, so I mean, you look at Uber and Palantir and even SpaceX, and and those have, they have co-founders that are born-born. Uh, so even PayPal co-founder Max Lefkin, he he came out and spoke um, in praise of the entrepreneur parole, uh, he, you know, program, so that because he thinks that there's such a need for others like him 
to have the opportunity to start businesses and succeed in the U.S. So there's definitely some high-profile examples and also others that are not as high-profile but are working on smaller businesses that are, that are super important as well. You know, I, I think that's those are great examples. And absolutely, you know, uh, you're right. While the high profile ones are there, the low profile ones don't get talked about. Um, and perhaps sometimes in the future, we can we can find those. Uh, you know, it's interesting. This morning, mm-hmm. I saw that um, there was an article, I think, in the Washington Post that talked about, you know, foreign entrepreneurs don't really want to come here anymore um, because they don't necessarily mm-hmm. need the U.S. And this, this was fresh off the, the news this morning morning. Um, I didn't write down um, the t- title of it, but it was written by a, a wonderful person called Vivek Wada, who covers this particular mm. issue, one of the original advocates. Um, so if listeners are interested in learning more, you know, go read that article from the Washington Post by Vivek Wada. But also, Sarah has written just so much, you can just Google her name and go into C- C- CNN Money and you can find all of her articles on this particular issue. Sarah, any last words before we say goodbye i mean i think we've covered it i think i definitely want to express that i am open to hearing the stories of of your listeners out there so if anybody wants to to find a way to get in touch and kind of tell me more about their experiences or experiences those they know feel free to to reach out i'm on twitter um and email so any way that you want to contact me i'm happy to to chat Well, thank you so much, Sarah. You really, truly have been a powerful voice for immigrant entrepreneurs and the issues that immigration brings uh, into the path of these uh, entrepreneurs and wannabe entrepreneurs. So thank you for the dedication and learning about the complexities that that this brings. Um, I hope you continue to give the voice that the people need, particularly after the election, when hopefully we'll see some uh, forward movement, we hope. (laughs) Um, but please please Mm -hmm. continue doing what you're doing you have just been amazing thanks so much thank you for this opportunity it's nice to nice to finally be on your show I've heard so much about it thank um, you thanks again thank you so much well bye bye Sarah we'll speak to you soon okay take care well, listeners, that was Sarah O'Brien from CNN Money. I hope you learned a lot from her. She really, truly has been uh, a powerful voice for immigrant entrepreneurs from learning the the very details of how complex immigration law can be so that she can write it as simply as possible for the ordinary person to understand. You know, any of you listeners who are immigrants will will probably understand your particular immigration situation quite well, but you may not know or understand a different type of immigration category. But when a reporter is trying to report on various different types of immigration categories, they really honestly have to learn um, so much about the details of how the laws work. How does the ankle bone connect to the knee bone, to the hip bone? And that doesn't come easy. And somebody like Sarah really has been dedicated to this issue. So if you do want to share your story um, and give your story a, a voice, she really is a g- good person to contact. And you can find her on Twitter. Uh, So thank you again, Sarah. It's been an honor to have you. Um, So listeners, we are running out of time, I'm afraid. Thank you so much for joining us for the last um, 25 minutes. If you have questions or comments, you can can email me at info at watsonimmigrationlaw.com. 
You're also welcome to call the show uh, next week at 844-301-1250. If you have any immigration questions uh, for your case, you're welcome to let us know at my law firm, which and the website is www.watsonimmigrationlaw.com. And of course, you can find my information at the Desi website as well, which is www.desi1250am.com as well. You know, it's, it would be interesting to learn uh, your comments and feedbacks about the show. You know, we're coming up to a one-year anniversary of uh, Immigration with Tamina, and it's very exciting for me to ha- be able to have this opportunity to speak with you uh, and tell you about the things that are important to me, to my clients, to my readers on my blog, and to all of you. So if you have um, ideas or questions, you know, you want me to address, please do let me know. This show is really geared towards what you need to know um so you know don't be shy so next week we'll be talking more immigration of course and next week is the beginning of um uh welcome week welcome week is a national week to talk about uh how cities are welcoming immigrants so tune into the show next week to listen about that thank you so much for joining us don't forget about citizenship day 17th of september at renton technical college starting at 10 a.m but get there sooner and sarah samadhi from one america obviously was here to tell you all about it but you can visit the website as well this is tamina watson discussing immigration with tamina on desi 1250 a.m thank you so much bye-bye